Well, everyone, before we get started with today's podcast, I just want to let you know that today's podcast is a long one. So we've decided to split it up into two separate podcasts this week. So first one will come out today with the first two parts answering the question, why is evangelism not taking place in the church in 2021? Next week, we'll post the podcast, the second part with the the final three points of why that is taking place. We have a special guest. I'm very excited for you guys to tune in and listen to this week's podcast, Answers for Life with Pastor Shelley. Enjoy. Hello, once again, we are back with Answers for Life with Pastor Shelley. Um, we've been been gone for a while, but we are back now, and we're excited to get started with this podcast. I'm your host, Noah Wagner, here with Pastor Shelley, yes. and today we are asking a pretty important question, I would say. Why is the church wow. in 2021 not engaging in evangelism? Yep. Big why, question. Why is that not a priority in the church in 2021? Well, I've got the answer today. His name is David Burton. He's going to give us those <laughs> yes, answers a while. Of course, of course. Yes. <laughs> we are excited today. We are joined once again with a guest, uh, David Burton, uh, with David Burton Ministries. He's from Tennessee, back where I'm from, uh, the opposite side of Tennessee. Uh, but he's from Tennessee. He's uh, He lives in, in Jacksonville, near Jacksonville, in Middleburg, Florida. Um, he's been in Florida for... A long time, yeah. uh, David. You've been here for for a long time. He served churches in Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Florida. He was with the Florida Baptist Convention as the evangel in the evangelism division for 26 years. Uh, you were the state evangelism director from 20, uh, 2002 to 2015, and then you launched David Burton Ministries in 2015, uh, yes. going strong. 49 years yes. uh, in ministry yes. that God's yes. allowed yes. you to preach and. 17 countries, all 50 states. Amen. Uh, that is impressive. And so yeah, we're joined today uh, mm. with David Burton, and, and he's here to help answer that question. Why is the church Great. in 2021 yes. not yes. engaged in evangelism? And I can't think of a better person than somebody who's been working with evangelism for nearly 50 years. Yeah. Noah, yeah. He, he is the man. Um, he First of all, he's a friend, but we were drawn together because, because of his passion for evangelism. I think he developed in me a passion for evangelism. He does it. He doesn't teach about it and talk about it and then not do it. He's a, if you go out to eat with him, you spend any time with David, he's going to share Christ with somebody in your presence. He, he talks about Jesus everywhere he goes. David, Thank you for being here. You oh, are a good friend. Honored. Yes, sir. And Thank you. We, we do want to hear what you have to say about the state of evangelism in our churches today. Well, before we do that, too, and I want to thank you personally and Noah for what you do. Uh, just day in and day out, your ministry here at the church, but just these podcasts and other many uh, spokes of the wheel that you do. Uh, this, this city, this county, this state, this nation— is honored and I think just proud of you and what you've done right here at First Baptist Church Bonifay. I've watched what you've done even prior to pastoring and uh, many good memories right here in this very building over the many years of friendships that we've had together. 
But uh, we are living in today, not the past. Mm -hmm. And what has happened in the past is no longer happening now. But we are praying, God, do it again. Please do. Yes. God, do it again. Send us revival. We need an awakening big time in our church. That's right. Uh, churches are not sharing Christ. Churches are not evangelistic. There are a few. There are some that are out there that are doing it. But for the most part, I'm saying the church today, the church, the body of Christ today is not uh, fulfilling the Great Commission. But We're David, before we get to your list there, as far as Southern Baptists, and we are Southern Baptists, Everybody talks about the evangelism. Everybody's in favor yeah. of evangelism. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. preachers get up and preach about evangelism. Yeah. But then there's not a lot of evangelism yeah. being done. Yeah. It, it doesn't hit the streets. Yeah. And we do hear a lot about it. I mean, from the top down. I mean, mm-hmm. from our national leadership on down. But they even realize we're missing it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's. But we do talk it. At least we're talking it. At least we're we're not... Mm-hmm silent on it as many other denominations are there are many mm-hmm. denominations that just they couldn't spell the word evangelism uh they could not wow. pronounce the word soul winner <laughs> you know i mean it's just not there but uh at least southern baptists are still still got it there in our heart we know we got to do it we know we're supposed to do it it's just we're not doing it right and it starts with the individuals it starts with the pastor for that matter yeah. all right well i've got pen in hand i'm ready to take some notes well, let me let me just share let me share four or five things with you right off the bat and if you're listening i hope you'll write some of this down and i hope that you will apply what you hear today um, we're going to be speaking directly to a pastor's heart how many pastors are watching or listening right now i should say i have no idea but uh it, it really starts with the pastor but many lay people, many, many non-pastors are listening right now, and, and we must be uh, actively sharing our faith so that we can be blessed by God, as Philemon 6 says. But the first thing I've written down, Shelley, is this. The pastor is leader, but not leading. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Pastors in our churches are the leaders, but they're not leading. They're looked up to. They're 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 in the pulpit before us every single week. Uh, I'm not a pastor. I was a pastor until 1989. And in 1989, called God called me into the the full time evangelism ministry uh, through the convention work, and now on our own for the last number of years. Uh, but pastors can talk about it. We talked about that a moment ago. They can talk about it and preach about it. But pastors need to be doing it. They're not leading out. Yes. And, and fulfilling it. And evangelism by saying, I preached about it Sunday and I gave an invitation, therefore I'm evangelistic. We're talking about personal lifestyle evangelism. Uh, we can't use our Sunday pulpit as I'm evangelistic. We're talking about the restaurant right. and uh, out in the yeah. public, one on one, sharing yeah. Christ individually, right? And pastors have got to do it. They've got to get disciplined to do it. And I've had pastors say, well, now, Brother David, I don't have the gift of evangelism. And I look at them and go, well, where'd you get that? It's not in the scriptures. No such thing as the gift of evangelism. There's the gift of the evangelist, you know? Yeah. And uh, But we're all commanded That's right. to be evangelists. Yeah. Do the work of an evangelist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Paul wrote, we are to do the work of the evangelist. Every single one of us and so pastors must be teaching the body of Christ how to do this. Yeah. And uh, study to show yourself approved. So the pastor's going to help 
the believer to study to understand that. The reason a lot of pastors don't preach more evangelism, Shelley, is because they're not doing it themselves. Mm -hmm. And I love pastors, and I'm with pastors, um, you know, a lot, and and they will admit they're not, you know, doing it out on the field. And when we're not living it out, it's hard to preach about it. Mm -hmm. How can you get up and preach with authority and with boldness? We need to be talking to people about Jesus when we're not even doing it ourselves as pastors. Right. Um, Well, and Noah, uh, your generation, I think, Young Noah. Young Noah. I think your generation (laughs) is a little more passionate about evangelism than the generation that just passed by you. So I think. And one of the things also that I've noticed is that uh, people my age, again, I'm young, millennial, uh, and I I think even younger than me, uh, those who are coming up in the next generation, not only are the ones who are followers of Christ, I think, passionate about it. Um, though I think that there is a tendency to, to fall back the same way as we're seeing the church now. But people who are not followers of Christ who are my age and, and a little bit older, a little bit younger, are more apt to have conversations than, than previous generations. And so not that it's an easy thing to, to tell people about Christ, but people are more receptive to have those conversations now, uh, I think, than, than have ever been in, in America. And I have a, a scripture here. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 12, that, that we were talking about before we started this podcast. And, and scripture says, uh, Paul's writing, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds who are pastors, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry and mm. for building up the body so of good. Christ. Yeah. Um, it's not just that, that the pastor preaches it on Sunday mornings. Uh, It's not even just that the pastor does it himself, though that is important and it's something that that we're lacking, but it's also to teach and equip the saints to be able to do it as well. Yeah, Uh, man, that is so good. What a powerful verse of what we're talking about. Evangelism is not a gift, it's a discipline. Mm. Yep, good. And we need to do that, David. We need, in our churches, our pastors need to discipline themselves and then discipline the church. Right. To do evangelism. And listen, as a pastor, every day I have to wake up and discipline myself to focus on evangelism. That's good. I wear a little red dot on my watch. You know, Mm -hmm. it it just keeps me conscious of people around me all the time. Who can I share Jesus with? I look down at my watch often. I look at my cell phone. Got one on my cell phone here. Uh, When I see that red dot, it reminds me of the blood of Jesus. Just a drop of blood of Jesus. And even preachers, even pastors, even evangelists like me need to be consciously made aware of who's around me right now that needs to hear something about Jesus. If it's just a seed that I'm throwing out there, if I'm just going to water a little bit, or if I have time to really uh, share Christ. The word equip in that scripture is so important, Noah. The pastor, and pastors, if you're listening, man, I'm not beating you over the head at all. I'm just trying to exhort you. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm, I'm just trying to challenge you to do the work of an evangelist. You must do that. And by you doing it, you're going to get excited about sharing and telling others how to do it. Right. But I know many of you in the pulpit, you're, you're, you're so busy with administrative things during the week. Uh, you get up, you preach your message, and then you're, you're doing administration and, 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 and work and so forth and, and just being disciplined yourself to go out, to get out of your office sometime. Those of you that are full-time in, in, in the pastor, you're in your office a whole lot. You've got to push yourself to get outside. Fortunately, many, most of our 
pastors are bivocational. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've just got thousands upon thousands of those guys. They're out in the field every day. And I get jealous sometimes because they're around lost people more than I am. That's you know? right. I have to look mm-hmm. for the lost people because I'm not working around them all the time. But pastors, uh, to be able to get up in your pulpit every week. I remember Homer Lindsay. I was a member at First Baptist Church Jacksonville for years, uh, early on in my ministry with the Florida Baptist Convention. There was not a Sunday that went by, Noah, that I can't remember him sharing an illustration of sharing Christ with someone that week. Well, that showed all of us, here's my pastor that's looking for lost people and somewhere or another, sharing at a restaurant with a waiter or a waitress, talking to the grocery store clerk next to them as he gets ready to check out, whatever. Always looking for someone to share Jesus. That makes it much easier, Pastor, when you get up to preach on Sunday morning and you want to compel and compassionately tell others uh, the discipline of soul winning, go out and do it when you're doing it yourself. But if you're not doing it yourself, I know it's hard to get up and talk about doing it when we're not doing it ourselves. So we must, as pastors and as Sunday school leaders, any kind of leadership, we've got to be actively involved in sharing our faith. That's right. I remember um, I had a, a mentor, a youth pastor of mine, and, and it was when I had first started working here teaching the youth. And I was, it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday and I was kind of pressed of what am I going to teach the youth on Wednesday? And so I called him, I was like, Hey, what should I do? You know, pray for me. I'm trying to work this out. And he said, why don't you go and uh, share about Jesus uh, with somebody and then come back and tell your kids about that experience. Um, (laughs) I I regret to inform that I did not do that. Uh, But that's, that's a great example of exactly what you're saying. And, And I wasn't faithful in that time, but but it's easy to, to, to go up into the pulpit or, or talking to people, Sunday school teacher, and just say, hey, here's an encounter that I just had yes. uh, sharing, sharing Jesus with this person. And, and uh, it's not every conversation is going to lead to soul winning, right. uh, but every conversation is important. And I want to ask, uh, we didn't talk about this before. Uh, just to, to, to lob one at you, what would you tell a pastor? Can I pause you right Absolutely, now? Absolutely, yeah. Don't forget that lob, okay? Before we leave it, though, equipping. If lay people are listening right now, I want to ask you to go up to your pastor and say, Pastor, I need to be equipped to share my faith. Mm-hmm. Because every Christian listening right now, now don't forget that lob, okay? Don't forget what you're yes, going to lob to me. Every Christian That's right. wants to share Jesus. That's right. You can't be saved and not want to share Jesus. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now that, you know, most of us are not doing it, though, but we want to. So we know the warner's there. Your pastor knows you want to do it. So just go up and say, Pastor, equip me to share my faith. Amen. Some way challenge. Let him know, because if you want it, there are many, many others in your church that want it as well. And he and he knows he needs to be doing that. And he's so busy coming down through the Bible, doing topical studies. And, you know, he's preaching evangelistically, maybe uh, at the end of his message, giving an evangelistic appeal, we pray. But as far as equipping you, he needs to find time to start teaching you how to share your faith. Mm. And that goes back to that previous verse we talked about. So equipping, that's so important, equipping. Now, lob me something. What would you say to a pastor, a teacher, a lay person who is not now evangelizing because they would say, man, at one time I did and everybody kept disregarding me, throwing me, you know, not accepting and it just they're just discouraged. What would you say to that pastor or a lay person today um, about those difficult conversations mm-hmm. where they've had so many people just say no? Yeah. Uh, so they've had so many people say no to the gospel they were sharing. Right. Oh, OK. OK. Well, look at Noah. How, how many years did Noah 
uh, quote, evangelize mm. and try wow. to quote, share the good news of people to get in the salvation of the ark. Come, have, what was a hundred and, how many years? 140 years? Mm -hmm. He built the ark. Long Took time. the world of ark. Long yeah, time. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't nail it down, but I believe that's it, right? right? Right. Those many years, you know, and nobody responded in a positive way to the warning, hey, death is coming. Judgment mm -hmm. is coming. You know, they'd never seen rain. And, you know, rain, what are you talking about? And then, boy, when it started raining, they realized what rain was. And we know that God shut the door and only a few survived. Uh, people will, most of the time, most of the time, people will listen to you if you have a sincere heart to share mm -hmm. the gospel. They're going to give you an ear to listen. I think the way we approach people sometimes causes them to either keep listening to us, receive what we're talking to them about, or turn us off. Some people just get a little too rough, gruff, in your face, hardcore, and it does push people away. And people can get discouraged then. They start saying, well, nobody wants to listen to me. Nobody wants to hear me. So learn how to approach people mm. with passion, with love, with concern. Take your time. Uh, most people, it's going to take time to win them. That's why we we use the term, you know, building bridges or developing relationships. But at some point, you've got to come to share the gospel. You've got right. to tell them how to be saved. But we all face that. We all get discouraged because not everybody you witness to is going to get saved. Yeah. Most people won't. Most people deny Jesus. Most people well, reject wow. That's Jesus. exactly what I was going to say. Okay. If they beat us with a whip and nail us to a cross, mm. we are still required to tell them yeah, about Jesus. That's right. Yeah, very cool. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I'm write that down. That'll, that'll preach right there. <laughs> but, yeah. but we've got to, everybody listening, now listen, listen to me, wherever you are. You're driving right now to work, home, school, play, recreation. Maybe you're sitting in a nursing home. You're there alone. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're cooking, getting meals prepared for your family. Maybe you're a guy out there that's sick at home from work. Listen to me now. Listen, if you're saved, you do want to share Jesus. And, and, and God wants to use you as his, as his disciple. Uh, sometimes it does take a period of time to do it, but you, you need to be active in doing it. And the reason I want to challenge you to do it is Philemon 6. If you've got your Bibles, you want to turn to Philemon 6. Philemon 6 says, or just write the verse down, there's one chapter in Philemon. Verse 6 says, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a more complete understanding of the fullness of Christ. Mm -hmm. That means the more I share Jesus, not leading somebody to Jesus, because most sure. people will right. say no. Most right. people will not say yes to Jesus when I witness to them. I don't need to be discouraged about that. Most people Paul preached to didn't accept him. Most right. people Peter preached to and talked to didn't accept him. Jesus had you know more people turn him down right. than, than said yes yep. to him. So who are we to think that everybody's going to say yes, but we still got to plow the ground. We've still got to share Jesus with them. And the more I do it, Philemon 6 says, the more fullness of the joy of Christ I'm going to have. Wow. Doesn't say the more people you lead to Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. the more joy you're going to have. It just mm -hmm. says, be active in sharing your faith. So the more I share my faith, the more blessings I'm going to get of God. Um, I got an illustration. All right. Okay. Little league basketball is going on right now. When my kids were small, I coached it. You know who wins the little peewee league basketball games? The team that gets the most shots off. Mm, they all guess. shoot about. There you go. They all shoot about ten percent accuracy, maybe five percent, maybe ten. Yeah, yeah, maybe ten. It's the most horrible display of basketball you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, but they come down court, they throw the ball up. Whoever gets off the most shots usually wins the game. Right. So when I coached, very good. Shoot it. 
shoot it. I don't care where you are. Shoot it. Throw it at the basket. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. Don't hesitate. Don't pass it. Shoot it. If you can get a shot off, shoot it. And usually, more more points go on the scoreboard. Uh, now, the thing about evangelism, we're not in charge of that scoreboard. Right. But we're in charge of shooting as much as possible. Right. And let God worry about the rest of it. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. <laughs> That's Boom. good. Mm-hmm. There you go, Noah. That's good. Hey, I got some other things here. Let's let's go to this next one, okay? Uh, number two. Okay. All right, number two. We live in a sin-sick, Satan-serving society. Write that down. That's good. We live in a sin-sick, Satan-serving society. When I pastored in the panhandle of Florida, God gave me that little term, and I've used it thousands of times. I use it, I quote it often. Uh, Mm, We as church leaders and followers have become, you know, we've become intimidated by the world we live in. You know, we've become intimidated by the authorities over us. Satan is alive and well on planet Earth, no doubt about it. He's been given a lot of latitude. He's been given a lot of power, a lot of freedom right now, but his day is coming to an end. And boy, I tell you, we're looking at something right now in our society that shows us, I believe his day is coming to an end quickly. But we can't let friends intimidate us, work associates intimidate us, social media intimidate us. We can't even let our family intimidate us. We've got to be bold, uh, but we've become zip-lipped. But we do live in a sin, sick, Satan serving society. The, the world is against us. You know, mm-hmm. society is against us. You as a pastor, mm-hmm. Shelley, you're not respected and thought of, and nor are you too, like it was 25, 30 years ago. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were somebody special in town 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. You were a man of the cloth. You were respected. You were honored. You were called upon in many, many different ways. Now, in most of our societal world around the world, you're, you're just another professional. Mm-hmm. You know, there's dentists, there's lawyers, there's preachers, there's teachers, there's mm-hmm. there's uh, firemen. You're, ju- you're just one of them. You're yeah. just somebody else. So we don't live in the good old days. And I know we all sit around sometimes saying, man, we just need to get back to the good old days. They ain't coming. No. That's right. No. You know, it's no. just not going to come. That's right. We live in a very sin sick, saving, serving society. Ephesians 6, mm-hmm. 19 through 20. Read that for us. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to start at verse 10. Okay. Um, read, read the whole passage. Paul's writing. He says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of who? Schemes of the, the devil. devil. For we do not wrestle against right. flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the evil places, in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the in armor. the evil day Good. and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one Mm. and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then right here in in, uh, verse 19, uh, and also for me, this is Paul, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, David, if, if Paul needed us or needed the church to pray for boldness for him, 
Boy, I need somebody yes. praying that I'll be bold. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, I need it. You know, people all the time say, well, Brother David, if I just had your education or if I had your gift yeah, yeah. or if I had your personality. And I, I pause people right off the bat and say, look, hey, sharing Christ has nothing to do with my education, my giftedness, my personality. Everybody's different. We all have different personalities. We all have different educational levels. We all have different types of background or families. Doesn't doesn't matter. Once we get saved, we become a new creation. That's right. We're a brand new person. Noah, how old were you when you got saved? Uh, 13. 13. I was nine. How old were you, preacher? Eight. Eight. Okay. The average age right now still is around nine uh, for the conversion of people. Uh, and you work with teenagers a lot. Man, I, I'm just so thankful you work with teenagers. I love teenagers. I still do a lot of work with teenagers. I do a seminar now on understanding and knowing your legal rights on the middle school and high school campus. You know, We have legal rights to, to stand up for Jesus and to talk about Jesus uh, on campus. The campuses are some of the most ungodly uh, well, it's it's the largest mission field in the world. That's right. Our That's high right. school and middle school campuses are the largest mission field in the world. We and talk about going a, to the way beyonds out there in the Kalamazoo, wherever it might be in another foreign country. Oh, my goodness. No, right mm -hmm. here in America on our campuses. And that's one of the things I try to tell uh, my teenagers here is there's not an opportunity like middle school and high school. Yes. Yeah, there's no other opportunity yes. where you're spending eight hours a day Guaranteed, you have to be there. Other people have to be there where you can just That's have right. conversations with people. Good. It's not like that, um, you know, in your job That's and in right. the real world where you have the the same freedoms to be able to to be there and, and be with those people guaranteed for four, six, seven, eight years with that that same person yeah. sharing the gospel you, with them. You, and you have such a wonderful opportunity here, even at this even at this church. Uh, to be doing what you're doing. A lot of churches do not have a ministry towards students, and that breaks my heart. They could. There ought to be some of you right now listening. There's not much going on with young people and students in your church. You ought to go to the pastor say, Pastor, I'm ready to pick the uh, ball up and run with it with our students. Man, let's let's get behind our students. Let's put some budget in the money or money in our budget uh, to help support our work with teenagers because most of the conversions will still come before the age 18. That's right. But after high school, it's tough to reach, mm -hmm. you know, a person. But it is a sin-sick Satan-serving society. We must realize that. You know, it's not going to get any better. Mm -hmm. We just need to get stronger and better on our own. Well, thank you, David. We do live in a sin-sick Satan-serving society, and uh, there are a lot of people who, who do not know Christ, and we're getting ready to close out the the first part of this podcast. It, it'll It's... So long. We're going to make it a two-parter. We'll come back next week and, and, and finish out the, the, the following three points. Uh, but David, there are a lot of people who don't know Christ. What do you have to say uh, yeah, about you. that today? Thank you for letting me do that because there are a lot of people listening right now that are either questioning their salvation, right. hoping they're going to heaven, think they're going to heaven, uh, but there are some even that know they're not going to heaven. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're listening right now and you're trying to talk yourself into being a Christian and trying to understand how to be more Christ-like and trying to understand, you know, how to share your faith that we're talking about, but down deep in your heart, you realize, I really don't know Christ myself. Let me, let me share with you. God has a purpose for you, and that purpose is for you to have hope and peace on this earth now and forgiveness of sin 
God has a purpose. He, he wants you to live in a fulfilling life right now. But there's one problem. You'll never receive that peace that passes all understanding. You'll never receive forgiveness of sin. You'll never have this gift of eternal life because of sin in your life. That one problem is sin. The Bible says all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Your pastor's even a sinner. That's right. But right there, wherever you are right now, as you're driving or you're seated maybe at home or you're standing there in your kitchen, wherever you might be right now, your heart's being pricked and you know that this sin is keeping you from purpose. I want you to remember that 2,000 years ago, three men died on crosses. Jesus died on that center cross. You've heard about it. You know about it. You've heard preaching about it. And when Jesus died on that center cross, he shed his blood to forgive that one problem, sin, in your life so that you could go to heaven when you die, so that you could have purpose right now. But you have to call upon Jesus. You have to ask Jesus to forgive you. When Jesus hung on that cross, he was dying not only for those two men beside him and all the people down below the cross there in Jerusalem, he was dying for me and you as well. And the Bible says that we have to trust Jesus by faith. If you remember... One uh, gentleman there on one side of Jesus while he was dying on the cross had some sort of conversation. We don't know all the conversation going on. Jesus was dying. He was dying. The other guy there by him was dying. All three of them were dying. But some way he looked at Jesus and that thief said, Jesus, I really believe you're who you say you are. I, I trust you. And Jesus looked at him that day, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was dying on that cross and he looked at that that man dying beside him and said, you will be with me in paradise. Amen. There, was a, there was enough commitment from that man for him to realize that Jesus was his Savior and Jesus said, you will be with me in heaven. He accepted Jesus. He, he invited Jesus, we might say even today, into his life, and he did it by faith. And the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. See, that man couldn't join a church to be saved. But by faith, he really believed that Jesus was who he said he was and could do what he said he could do. And by faith, Jesus Christ moved into that man's heart. And the Bible says as soon as he was saved on that cross that day, and just like you right now, wherever you might be, you're listening. If you want Jesus Christ to save you, if you'll just say, God, I don't understand it all. I don't know it all. But by faith, I want you to be my Savior. The Bible says Jesus Christ will forgive you of your sins. He'll cleanse you from all the sins in your life. And He will place you in the palm of God's hand. And the Bible says once you're in the palm of God's hand, He'll cover you, He'll seal you, He'll protect you. He is now your Savior. And nothing can pluck you out of the hand of God. You will become a child of the King. He will put you in His hand. He will, he will protect you and be your Savior. Now let me ask you a question. Does all that make sense to you? And would you like Jesus to save you right now? He will. You just pray this prayer, mean it from your heart. Pray it right now, right where you are. You can pray it aloud or in your heart. Just say, Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I know I'm a sinner. Step out of heaven into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be your child forever. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you are now in the hand of God. You're in the palm of God's hand. And the Bible says nothing can pluck you out 
Not even the devil himself can pluck you out of the hand of God. You are a child of the king. Amen. I want to say welcome to God's family. You've made the most important decision you'll ever make. Jesus Christ is your Savior if you prayed that prayer. And if you did, I want you to contact First Baptist Church, Bonifay, Florida. I want you to let this church know what you've done. We want to Amen. rejoice with you. We want to get you some materials to help you grow in Christ. That's right. And uh, we love you. Thank you for your boldness to do that today. Amen. Oh, thank you, David. You There you go again. You <laughs> see what I mean, folks? You, he can't go very long without telling somebody about Jesus. Let's let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for David. I thank you for the gospel. Lord, I, I pray for those that are listening today. I pray that every person right now has a confidence that they know you as personal Lord and Savior. Yes. Lord, I, I pray for those that prayed just now, inviting you into their heart. Lord, just Encourage them, help them to be bold, to tell someone, help them to be bold, to step out and email us, reach out to us, connect with us, so that we can encourage them. And Lord, again, we, we thank you for the gospel. Lord, yes. please help us to be bold. Help us to be passionate about your word and your gospel. Lord, may we take it to this world that is hurting, that is dying without Christ. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Shelley. Thank you, David. Remember, keep an eye out for part two of this podcast. We have more points to share with you on why is the church in 2021 not engaging in evangelism. So, so keep your eyes open for that. Thank you once again, uh, David Burton and Pastor Shelley for, for being you. here today. And, uh, all of the resources that, that we've used in this podcast, as well as all the resources that David Burton uses and has uh, available, we'll, we'll link in the podcast. He has a website. He has social media. We'll put all that down in the description so that you guys have that, have access to that. Stay tuned. And Jesus is the answer.